Hello and welcome to RazorPod. This is your host, Patrick Williams. Tonight is uh, September 15th, 2021, and we're coming to you on the heels of an extremely unexpected 40-21 uh, to 21 Razorback victory against the Texas Longhorns. Reynolds Razorback Stadium on Saturday night. Um, Johnny Fables here with me. Welcome, Johnny. Hey, guys. I'm glad to be back. And Jimmy G. Welcome, Jimmy G. Jimmy G. Hello. How are you, Patrick? <laughs> uh, Tom Logan will perhaps be joining us in route, but uh, he is delayed. So we'll jump right in, Johnny. I'm going to turn to you first as Jimmy G and I were present. So we'll, we'll save our reactions for after you have a chance to give us your thoughts on the game. Sure. Uh, I mean, I didn't see it coming. Um, you know, I, I thought we'd have a really good crowd, which we did. I thought that would really help us, you know, kind of carry us, uh, you know, at least for some time, the emotion, the crowd, um, at least for a while. And uh, then I thought we'd be physical. I thought we would would try to run the ball a little bit. But I just didn't see us exerting our will uh, on the Texas lines like we did on both sides of the ball. Didn't see it coming. Um, really didn't. They were – the offensive line was just nasty. And uh, we were able to drop eight a lot of times on defense and get some kind of at least pass rush with three, sometimes four, which, man, makes it – sure helps your defensive back. So, it was just – it was a surprising effort. I didn't see it coming. I, if you'd have told me we'd have run for 333 yards or whatever it was, 300 and some yards, wouldn't have believed it. Uh, I thought Jefferson was um, – uh, economical and efficient. I wish they'd let him push the ball down the field a little more. I think he throws a really good deep ball. Um, sometimes I think he struggles with a lot of those um, timing routes, the RPO routes. I'd like to see him kind of push the ball downfield, uh, look for some big plays. He got one really important one there in the second half to I believe it was Tyson Morris. But anyway, great effort, great crowd. I mean, it's it never sucks beating Texas. It never gets old. Um you know, just a really, really good signature win uh, for, for Coach Pittman. Um, and had kudos to he and Barry Odom. They deserved it. The crowd deserved it. Uh, it was just a – it was a surprising victory. I didn't see uh, that kind of performance coming. Well, Jimmy G, you and I did the show last week, and um, we kind of thought – talked through most of the potential scenarios. Uh, we, we agreed, and we were right the crowd was going to be a big factor and hyped. Um, I think we said it would either going to be a Texas blowout or a very close nip and tuck Arkansas hanging around kind of game. Neither of us saw this coming either. So what is your reaction now that we had time to calm down and cool down from Saturday night? Uh, I agree with a lot of what Johnny said. Um, it was hard to see that outcome uh, playing out. Uh, even as it was happening, uh, you still kind of thought that um, <laughs> perhaps uh, Texas could mount a comeback until about, oh, the the drive that uh, really cleared away, the five-minute drive, the early to mid-fourth quarter, late in the, uh, made it 40-14. to 14. Even when Texas scored early in the fourth quarter, make it 33-14, to 14, you're thinking, I stopped. A touchdown, it's 33-21. There's probably still 10 minutes left, and then it's, you know, you're holding on for dear life probably. So 
uh, even though it was after in the hindsight, yeah, it's you know, 40 to 21, Arkansas always up 16 nothing at halftime. Uh, you're pretty much in control, but <laughs> you know, since it's been so long since we've had a uh, team that had success, that it, you know, you're just kind of waiting on pins and needles for what, what what's going to happen. It's going to go wrong, but it just never did. And uh, it was really uh, something else. And, uh, you know, you know, the hive is kind of worn off, but it's still a really good feeling to know that, you know, you're two and oh, and, uh, you've got a winnable game Saturday against Georgia Southern and your season's out in front of you. And it's not just like <laughs> it's been the last four or five years. Uh, well, here we go again. You know, when is, when is midnight madness when is uh oh good the, you know today the baseball schedule came out like years <laughs> past would be like it'd be like well baseball schedule's out we got that to look forward to because they're always good because even our basketball team is you know has been bad for a long time until the last couple of years and so it just feels nice you know it's by mid-september to still be looking forward to the rest of football season yeah i mean this is really for both of y'all to chime in on. Do you think the game was more about the Razorbacks being good, playing well, or Texas just not being ready for this game? And I'm, I'm, no, I'm not a big fan of going into the not ready for the SEC and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's way too far in the future to, to really do. But for this particular game, Johnny, did you think Texas was not prepared or do you think it was just a matter of the Razorbacks really – playing a good game. Yeah, I really think it's because we played a good game. I mean, if you go back and watch a lot of that film, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't you know, smoke and mirrors how we were running football. Well, you know, a lot of times, especially, I mean, I think we threw four passes in the second half. And when we lined up and said, we're running it right there, and you're not going to stop us. And we just exerted our will. And I, I don't think that's something, you know – running the football and stopping the run, you know, is the basis of football has been since guys wore leather helmets, you know, and, 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 you know, you can't fake that, you know, that's not a gimmicky thing. That's not something that, you know, that's either, you know, horses or desire and, and, and playing hard and, 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 and preparation. And we just were the most, the more prepared physical team, you know, you, you can't, you can't fake that. You can't, you know, generate that. So I think it's a lot of it to do with the Razorbacks. I think we just imposed our will. Um, you know, the, the offensive line, who has been much maligned and deservedly so, just looked great. They looked huge. I mean, you know, there was one scene in the second half, and I, and I think one of the one of the the, the I'm foreshadowing the mailbag. Uh, but when I read the mailbag, I thought the same thing. There's a shot in the second half where we're breaking the huddle. And our offensive line, uh, we're running, you know, normal five linemen and I think two tight ends. And we're just dwarfing the, the Texas D line. I mean, we just looked bigger than them. Um, so kudos to, to – I mean, obviously, you know, that was not the plan under uh, Chad, uh, if there ever was a plan. But, uh, you know, we just looked beefier, stronger. Uh, and just stronger up front. And that's which was what you might expect from a Pittman coach team. I mean, he's an O-line guy. Uh, so that was really exciting to see. And I, to answer your question, I think it's a lot of that what the Razorbacks did. Same question to you, Jimmy G, but maybe with a little bit of a twist, as you probably follow the Big 12 a little closer than anybody on the pod. Do you think that some of what Johnny is talking about is because Texas is built for the Big 12? 
Well, I mean, sure, some of it has to be. I wouldn't say that's the majority of it. But, I mean, those teams, you know, you hear about Texas. I think I was listening. I can't believe I heard a good stat on drive time sports. But, you know, they're talking that uh, Texas had had three offensive linemen drafted in the, I don't know how many years they were talking about. And they said in the same time span, Alabama had had like 19. And uh, even out, even and even Vanderbilt had had eight uh, drafted, and they were talking about it's like you know that's oh that's Big Twelve, and they of course then they got lazy and said that's just the Big Twelve, but um, that's not really fair because uh, OU's got a ton of offensive linemen in the NFL and some really highly touted offensive linemen. Uh, and there's other programs like Baylor has got some good offensive linemen in the NFL. You know, K State. Uh, still runs uh, over the last 10, 20 years, uh, except for the Ron Prince years, um, as, uh, as, you know, pretty good uh, ground control, good uh, running game, good offensive lines. You know, Iowa State, not quite as uh, good, but probably, you know, they've got usually good running game. So uh, I, that, that seems more like a Texas issue than just a Big 12 issue. But um, – I would have some alarm bells going off uh, if I was a Texas fan about the Sarkeesian's demeanor around this whole game. Um, and not that he can't be successful and he won't be successful. And uh, they're going to get, I mean, it's hard to say. It's really uh, baffling that Texas, you know, they're going to get better talent in. I mean, they should always have good talent, but um, he, his comments before the game were just kind of, you know, blase about, you know, and like they typically do, but it's uh, blowing off Arkansas. But to have their head coach kind of like, well, it's a faceless opponent. It's like playing down everything. And then when you get beat, there wasn't really any accountability. Uh, and it, it wasn't like he, didn't, he doesn't know about Arkansas. I mean, he's been on the staff at Alabama for two or three years, right? I mean, we play right. him every year. He knows who we are. Yes, and, and, you know, he's had the game plan against us. Even just last year, uh, he was game planning against us. And, <laughs> like six months um, ago. Right, it was the last game of the year for us. Um, <laughs> so, uh, it was – and just, like, after the fact with the, you know, plays here, plays there, it was, or, you know, we're looking at Caden Thompson for next week where, you know, Hudson Carr was jittery in the pocket and, you know, got some pressure. And then – but even when things were there, he was – Still feeling it, kind of the old Sam Darnold. I was seeing ghosts out there, and, but he said it about his quarterback. And to me, the long-term thing on that would be, is that what he's going to do? Is he not going to accept any responsibility? Because Johnny's right. We were the better prepared team, and a lot of that goes to coaching. So um, if you're not willing to step up and say, look, every coach has had bad weeks. Even Nick Saban has had bad weeks of getting teams prepared. I mean, they're few and far between, but, you know, it happens. And you have bad weeks. And if you're not going to – it's kind of the Burt or Houston Nut Syndrome. You know, you just they, – they're so insecure that they can't take any responsibility for what's gone – if something's gone wrong. And I, I would be alarmed a little bit if I was a Texas fan. Yeah, really good thoughts by both of you on that. I mean – I'm going to kind of turn away from the X's and O's now and kind of talk about the emotional impact here, both for this game and, and for the season. Jimmy G and I spent most of the afternoon together pregame, um, and it was 
more electric than even I anticipated. And I thought it was going to be a, the whole, the buzz was going to be good. It was more than that. It was almost as if the town of Fayetteville had done a couple lines of Coke. I mean, it was, it was really <laughs> nuts up there. And uh, I mean, Juji, you can counteract me if I'm wrong, but. Uh, you asked, uh, we were on Dixon street, you know, five hours before the game. And, you know, we went into several establishments and especially as you got closer to campus on Dixon, um, three hour waits, four hour waits, five. And the places were just, and wait, so I had seen Dixon Street. We talked about how we had never seen it like that crowded that long before a game. It, it was just, and people were just they're ready to roll, and the Texas fans were out. There were a lot of them there. So again, yeah. don't tell me the game doesn't mean anything to Texas when there was more visiting fans at that game than I've seen since maybe an L, since maybe one of those big LSU games in Little Rock. You know, the visiting fans are everywhere. Yeah, I mean, Texas people everywhere, a lot of back and forth, people all over the place. And then you hit campus, and it was it was nuts. I mean, just kind of the vibe. And then it never let off. And, and I got to hand it to the folks who run the stadium experience. That's certainly been, been upgraded. Um, the in-game experience, it's, you know, for middle-aged Patrick Williams, it's it, – can be a little overwhelming at times, but, uh, and I'm sure it would all fall flat if, uh, we were getting our brain speed in or, or even not doing so hot on the, on the field. We've I'm seen sure. it fall flat many yeah, times. Yeah. But everything just kind of worked Saturday and they need to get rid of the microphone guy. He's, he's Mark- at bomb. The, the microphone fiend, that dude that he is at bomb stadium. And, uh, the dude who started coming. giving the energy drinks to the students. Right. Like, yeah. And he was great talking, idea. He's, <laughs> he's like the, and I know even Johnny will know what we're talking about, that he's like those, you know, you see those uh, guys that are doing like the, <laughs> the uh, back to school jam or the power aid three point contest. And they, but they're hopping up the crowd in between shots. And it's, you can tell they've never seen a, a sporting event in their life because they're tone deaf as to what's actually happening around the field. And he he's that way. He's that way at the football game. He's the only downside to Saturday night's experience is that guy. Everything yeah. else, he's not necessary. <laughs> well, I was telling Johnny a couple things. You know, we they did a good job of getting all the people that were there that had to be spotlighted. They got all that done in the first half. You know, the first responders, the police, the fire, the – Captains of every Texas game, Bobby Portis, the basketball team. You know, they did all that in the first half. Women's track and field, national champions. (laughs) In the second half. Oh, Patrick thinks that's hilarious. Patrick thinks it's a joke that we have no no, national championship. I highly support Title IX, Jimmy G. Thank you very much. But no, I was, my point was, I think they kind of did all the stuff that might sort of slow down the action in the first half. And so the second half was all hyperactivity, some rap song playing or, you know, the Takis chips dance off or whatever it was. And it just felt like it was just rolling in the second half. Johnny's got, Johnny has to be listening to this going, 
that's why everybody was so excited. The talkies chip dance off. I mean, Patrick, you're really not hitting the <laughs> points of it. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm getting it. I'm getting to a point, which is you. I mean, Jimmy, you tell tell me what you remember those from Razorback games that happens at the beginning of fourth quarter. What's the thing that always happens at the fourth quarter and kind of puts everything, makes everyone stop and cheer. The space odyssey or the space up the odyssey state flag. where yeah. they pull up the Arkansas state flag. I barely noticed that was going on. Like it was happening right across the field from me. And I didn't hear the space odyssey. I didn't, all, only reason my attention was even drawn over there was because I caught out of the corner of my eye the flag unfurling. And I'm like, oh, they're doing the Space Odyssey. Dar, 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 dar. Well, I couldn't <laughs> hear. There was because there some other song playing. Well, no, I couldn't hear the 2001 because, and I know Johnny will see this, because it was the one time of the night that came back the last 45 years of me going to Razorback games. The visiting band was drowning out our band. That was the one time the Longhorn Band, like that's what you were hearing. They were yeah. loud. Well, we were right behind them, so we, oh. our seats were up above the Texas Band. Well, so we I were didn't, I didn't hear them all night. That was the only time I heard them, except when they scored a touchdown. Uh, that was the only time I heard them all night. But they were blaring. Yeah, right then. Well, like I said, stadium experience a little different. I, I'd call it an upgrade. I mean. Some of it's not my cup of tea, but if I was 18 to 22 years old, I'm sure I'd be loving it just like everybody else was, including Patrick Williams Jr. So um, kind of moved now. Jimmy G, I think Johnny had to step away for a minute, but he'll be back um, to sort of the emotional impact of this game. Uh, I've kind of been thinking it over and with a cooler head. I think it's in my top three of, of Razorback games that I've attended personally. And, and I've tried to sort of make my list. Um, and I don't think it's the top one because it's just not as meaningful as some of these other ones. But um, in some order, I'll rank them and then you can give me yours. Uh, the 2000 Cotton Bowl. The, the Y2K Cotton Bowl against Texas mm-hmm. felt that felt similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly the game day 2006 game against Tennessee felt like this a little bit, uh, probably the same kind of hype. Um, Miracle and Markham would be in that mix, uh, a game that I was – not able to get in the stadium, but the LSU Kobe Hamilton game to go to the Sugar Bowl mm-hmm. sort of had in this in this realm. But I think that's my top five of Razorback games is you know, throw this game in there. And I don't think it's number one, but I think it's number three or number four. So what about you? Yeah, I, um, it, I probably wouldn't have it in my top five. Um, but now, of course, granted, you know, like I said, I've we've had season tickets since I was born, and uh, you know, you're from <laughs> another state and didn't uh, move in here till you got to college. So, uh, you know, when, and a lot of times the things that happen when you're a kid just resonate with you more. I think you understand what I'm talking about, and most of our listeners probably will. You know, stuff that happens when you're 12, you know, seems like way bigger than it does if the same thing happens when you're 45. 
And so I, number one for me will always be the 1981 Texas game when they were number one in the country. Arkansas won 42 to 11. And all I'd ever known was even, you know, I was nine when that happened. So, but, you know, it was going to Razorback games. My parents, they'd had season tickets. They started taking me when I was four. So, all I'd known was losing the 77 game to Texas when we ended up finishing third in the country. And that was our only loss. I mean, we probably won a national championship that year. We lost that game at Fayetteville. You know, we were number one in the country in 1980 and played Texas on Labor Day weekend to start the season, kind of one of the first big kickoff classics. We lost that game down in Austin. Um, no, we weren't number one. That was – we did lose a Labor Day maybe. Uh, 78, like Sports Illustrated, after we finished third, had us number one in the country. We lost 28-21 to Texas. I think it was 28-21. Sorry, it was not the 78. But, um, so all you'd ever know was failure against Texas. And we had kind of a, the week before, we just had like a 22-year winning streak against TCU snap. You're thinking, what's going on? We lose TCU, and then we just beat Texas like yard dogs. And that was, that was pretty special. The Tennessee game in 99, um, it wasn't quite as important because we weren't playing for as much as we were in 98, but uh, starter to Lucas kind of some redemption. That was big. I'm with you on the LSU game at War Memorial, the year that we uh, actually, I went with Johnny to that game to get to the, we got the sugar bowl berth. Uh, that was big. This game though, just for, it'd probably be in the top 10 if I had to go through and look, because just what it meant, you know, it's been such a long road for this, program since Petrino's accident and it you know and then with COVID with people not really going to games last year just, you know they had what 20% capacity or something and it, it and it felt like that was part of the energy too I think was people were like hey we're finally I know the Rice game was could have been but you know it's Rice <laughs> it was wow. like Gold Southwest Conference so we played Rice one week takes the next <laughs> so um <laughs> We're so, him next weekend. Yeah, yeah. That's so. Um, it was. It would definitely be probably just for the other stuff. I mean, it was a great win, but I, that probably wouldn't be the. But just the emotions and the the timing of it, it'd probably be around nine or ten if I actually went back and hunted all that stuff down. Right, and uh, Johnny, you had to step away. We're we're putting this ranking in the pantheon of of great Razorback games. You know that we've been to, and yeah. I had it in my top five. Jimmy G in his top 10, where would you put this one? Well, it, you know, did, caveat, did not, uh, was not in attendance, just for our viewers out there. We want to be real clear. But, yeah, you definitely got a good feel from it, from the, from TV and, and YouTube videos. Uh, it was up there with one of the better crowds I've, I've seen in person on TV at Razorback Stadium. And I can't disagree with anything Jimmy G said. The LSU down here and, you know, the Sugar Bowl, uh, Alabama that same year when they were number one, we were number 10. Uh, great, great crowd. Um, you know, th- th- I can't disagree with anything that y'all have, have, uh, have ducked in here at the end of this conversation. But it was up there, and it was, uh, you know, it, it was a release, uh, and it was, a, it was a, uh, you know, a really good crowd. Uh, they were hyped. I'm sure there were a couple of adult beverages consumed in the parking lot. Uh, Hell, not in the parking lot. You can oh, consume right. them in the stadium. Yeah, my, my fault. My it's fault. Yes. Game changer. Yes, game changer. So uh, you know, it was. It uh, was not really, where you're it, sitting with my aunt. who frowns upon <laughs> alcohol, so it's best not to stay away from that. You know, it's it's you know, I, I do hope that I do hope though that that we're cognizant that that was kind of a 
that was the one-off, right? Okay, that important of a game early in the season, a lot to play for. We're so excited about football. You know, we've been, you know, in the last 10 years, I can only think we've had three years would have been decent. Um, and, you know, it, it was it – let's just remember that was the one-off, you know. I think we were talking about it offline, but, you know, we, we have a game we should win this weekend. And then we have four just brutal games. You know, we got to go to Georgia. We got to go to uh, – we play A&M at, that, at Jerry World. We've got to go to the uh, to Ole Miss. Uh, and then we've got uh, – Auburn at home. I mean, we got four games where we could just play lights out and lose all four, you know, and then not to mention late in the year, we got back to back on the road, LSU and Alabama. We, we got six games still on schedule of Razorback Nation that, I mean, we could just do everything right and come up short in, in all six. So, you know, I, I want, I know the staff is saying, okay, pump the brakes. Yes. Beat Texas. Yes. Outplayed them. Great. But let's get our heads back on our shoulders. And apparently, to kind of switch gears on you a little bit um, from the original question, but uh, Pittman said we did not have a good practice yesterday on Tuesday. Uh, said we were a little lethargic, a little bit, um, you know, uh, some of the emotion kind of came out of. So it's it's a real thing, and Georgia Southern is not the kind of team that you really want to screw around with. You're not going to touch the ball 15 times. You're going to get about eight possessions, maybe less, uh, if you can't stop the run. So it's we got to we got to be ready to play. It's it's a I'm not saying trap game. We should have better players across the board, but they have a, a, a funky style of play. Um, we get coming off a big win. So, um, you know, it's there's a lot to be on the lookout for. Yeah, I mean, you make a good point and, and segue us nicely into a Georgia Southern discussion. I mean, it would be – I would be more shocked if we weren't hearing those things, you know, lethargic yeah. by practice. I mean, so much energy expended – I just don't think Pittman. I don't think Pittman can BS. I just don't. I just don't think it's. I just think. I don't think it's in it. Like apparently he just because I heard this on the radio earlier driving home. Apparently he just got the questions like, "Oh, what happened in practice today? We sure didn't look very sharp." You know, he was just honest. You know, I just don't think he can. I mean, I don't think he's got that 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 gene in him. Like, well, you know, great practice. You know, where he just toes the company. Well, I mean, or you know or alternatively, the the Saban gene where you. Manufacture, you right, know, complete. Right, right. We look like fake, crap. Fake iration because you gave up fourteen points to Mercer. You know, I mean, yeah. I don't <laughs> think he's capable of that either. Well, we got Walford. what? What? <laughs> Sam? Uh, Sam didn't talk about his dad slapping the dinner table and saying, "Yo, did you cut the grass, trim the hedges, uh, like Saban did after the Mercer <laughs> game?" Is that what you're talking about, Patrick? Yeah, you heard that? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, you we got the hedges. We got Wofford. I mean, <laughs> I've Wofford. Look, but Spurrier was kind of opposite. Spurrier yeah. was like, "Yeah, we got Wofford. They're terrible. We're going to pick their ass." You know, <laughs> like, like what? It's just um, so. I mean, now I think that Johnny brings up a good a good point about Georgia Southern, but also they'll think Georgia Southern's not as good as they were three or four years ago. No, you're right. They're they uh they still. You still do need to be prepared for the triple option. They are going to run the ball a lot, uh, but I mean, it's not it's not that Georgia Southern team that went into Bama and ran for 400 yards. You know, it was I, they've got they've come down a little bit, uh, which is probably good. If it Saban was finished, still Saban still talks about that game. He's like, he still yeah. talks about how Georgia Southern came here and ran <laughs> through just, us like bleep through a tin horn. He still talks well, about I, it. it. <laughs> those, those teams won like. I, I want to say that they won a Sun Belt that maybe not that year, but I know they 
you know, contended for Sun Belt championships. And um, so, well, I mean, that's not obviously that shouldn't still scare you, but I mean, because Arkansas State won some Sun Belt titles, and I mean, they're obviously not BCS or playoff contenders, but um, I, I think it Arkansas should maybe lethargic for a half or first quarter maybe, but I, I just think the talent level, which it's great to say, even against Georgia Southern, because we saw some teams recently that the talent <laughs> level wouldn't have been equal, it would have been on the same level. But I think it, it's just going to – and with Pittman, we'll, we'll be ready. We may start slow, but um, I, I'm not going back up there. I've been up there three weekends in a row, so I'm not going up there this weekend. But And if I'm any – the crowd might – this is probably going to be a little hungover too. It's not yeah. going to be the same. It's not going to be the same electric crowd they had against Texas. Uh, but yeah, but, yeah. And, I th- and this is the this is the game everyone's going to skip, right? Every right, every right. You know. yeah. I mean, because I would imagine there's renewed interest in going to Jerry World by a lot of people after last yep. week. So yep. a lot of people who may have tickets and be like, "Well, let's go up because we got some road games coming up." So it's last time we'll see him. Well, now Pete, they're going to try and go to Jerry World instead, watch the end yeah. game, and I think you're right. Go skip. This I do week. think that. Well, here's where I'll push back a little bit. I mean, I think you're right. I agree with the Jerry World thing. There'll be a lot more Arkansas fans wanting to go that game, but I do think that beating Texas and knowing there's not another Fable game until mid October is that will keep the crowd a pretty reasonable size. I mean, if we've lost to Texas. I, I could see, you know, 45,000-type crowd. But I think with beating Texas and, – and I, and I do think it's going to be, like, strictly 90, 95% Northwest Arkansas crowd. There's not going to be a lot of people, you know. Our, our good friend in Hot Springs uh, is going to be making the drive. We know that. Oh, but, of course. Um, of course. But I do think it's going to be a predominantly Northwest Arkansas crowd. But I do think it'll be in the, the rice range, 60, 60 62,000. Just because we beat Texas and there's not a game for four weeks. The Auburn game's October 17th. That's the next game yeah. available. Yeah, that's right. I think you're right about that. Um, well, let's let's save our X's and O's on Georgia Southern for the predictions. And uh, Jimmy G, I'm going to turn it over to you now to take us through this week's picks. Uh, apologize to our listeners. We didn't actually get Johnny and Tom's picks, but huh. uh, they, they probably – Patrick and I struggled to two in four weeks, so Johnny and Tom probably just well off not making picks. Um, <laughs> so we had a – and I don't know, Johnny can uh, either BS our listeners or he can whatever. Uh, we we had taken Navy in that Navy Air Force game, uh, not realizing how horrible that Navy has uh, slipped uh, against the Air Force, and they just got pummeled by Air Force. Uh then we uh, both got A&M over Colorado, which uh, is a very lethargic game by, by the Aggies. Barely. Including uh, – we'll probably talk more about this next week, obviously, but their uh, starting quarterback is injured. It's going to be out. Uh, Patrick, again, with the Seahawks, I made the mistake switching my pick to Iowa State, you know, realizing that uh, Iowa just has their number. Um, uh, good on the Hawkeyes there. Uh, we both had Ohio State winning. That was – Probably the biggest game of the week uh, nationally. Uh, Oregon just went in there and looked great uh, at the horseshoe. Um, Patrick, Johnny, uh, 
picked the Longhorns to win. Can you believe oh, that? Can't, cannot believe that. <laughs> hey, I knew that since you weren't on the show last week and our sponsor had to uh, skip out because uh, they weren't <laughs> going to pay for a Johnny-less uh, segment, that I said someone's got to be a homer. And I'm certainly the words Texas is going to win what's coming out of my mouth. So whether I believed it or not, I picked the Hogs. <laughs> so, uh, so we did that was luckily that got me to two and four uh, our sleeper picks uh fell just short uh patrick <laughs> had tennessee over Pitt, um that uh kind of devolved into a shootout tennessee came out on the wrong end of that and then uh, i had taken washington to bounce back and uh, beat michigan and again their offense is just terrible so and, what uh, has happened up there? Golly. That's, really, that's a really horrendous week for I mean. <laughs> something that, that I was looking at going, oh, yeah, I feel good about all these picks. Nope. <laughs> well, at Johnny's point, that uh, our, our friends uh, from the northeast corner are going out to uh, Seattle to play the Huskies Saturday. Arkansas State, 70-point uh, oh. underdogs. Underdogs for oh. Washington. So they're – Ooh. So, oh, I said so some Ooh. sleeper picks. Uh, oh, somebody's man, ramped that's... up. Um, all right, we'll get into this week's games. There were some, there's really some interesting matchups. It should be a fun week to um, just uh, sit on the couch and uh, watch a full day of college football. And, you know, as much as I love opening weekend, it's great. I think I love it when the season gets, you know, three, four weeks in when you start getting an idea of what teams are going to look like. And so I'm really excited. Um, and I apologize to our listeners that are offended that uh, I'm not making the trip up. I should be at Razorback Stadium. But uh, I am looking forward to watching a lot of these games. Uh, our friend Born Red is actually going to be in Norman. Uh, and that's the only reason, like, Nebraska and Oklahoma is our first game. There are some way more interesting matchups that they're on here. It's just – but they're renewing the rivalry. Uh Every and uh, it's interesting subplot is Oklahoma is not very happy with Fox because um, they had the rights to this game and they put it on at 11 a.m. and their big noon Saturday, which is not big noon Saturday in Oklahoma, it's 11 a.m. Um, but they wanted this game at night. They wanted to, but I, I, it's may matter a little bit, <laughs> but um, it's Nebraska, so. Um, I'll let Patrick go first. Yeah, I, I watched Nebraska against Illinois and Burt to open the season. Uh, I, there's no way. I mean, they're not going to Norman and pulling this off. Uh, I think it's really just a question of whether it's a close game. And, and I don't mean close, like winnable for Nebraska, but, you know, not embarrassing. I think that's that's really the biggest question to me because Oklahoma can score – Nebraska's defense is not very good, um, nor is their offense really all that good. So this one has potential to get out of hand. Um, I think Oklahoma puts half a hundred on the board. And I think the only question as far as the spread is whether Nebraska puts up some garbage time points. I just don't think they can get it done. 55-14 OU. Johnny, 23 point line, you know, Nebraska has, you know, they, they played at that week zero. I think that, that Illinois game, Chris, so they're two and one. Uh, they've made a couple, uh, they've improved a little bit. I've seen a little bit out of 
you know, Adrian Martinez uh, in the last couple weeks against some lesser competition. I think they'll – they play Fordham? I think they did either last yes. week or the week before. Fordham, Fordham and Buffalo are their two. Buffalo. Players. Was that the Vince Lombardi Fordham, the blocks of granite? Team from the number one in the country, or is that now? Fordham? Because that's that's just a that is a why are you scheduling Fordham? Where, where is Fordham? Is it I know in New Northeast. York? New York, yeah, it's in New York. Gotcha. Do they play the polo grounds like uh, next to Willie Mays? <laughs> yeah, or? I, think probably, I think they may have played the polo grounds. <laughs> I, I, on paper, it's a mitch on paper, it's a mismatch. You know, obviously, I can't say anything differently than what uh, Patrick Williams said. Uh, Oklahoma's been really good in the red zone. Uh, the Huskers have been better. That 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 week zero game just seemed like they were just flat footed. I think they keep it close for a half, maybe a quarter and a half. But I think too much OU, too much offense, too much uh, you know athleticism, too much speed, too much. You know, there's so much about about Nebraska that's just and I, I, you know it's terribly difficult to look back 25 30 years at what you know nebraska used to be how they used to have a system how they what is nebraska's what are the what do they do well offensively and defensively i have a hard time figuring out kind of what's their identity what's you know what do they do really well you know whereas ou we know they're going to put points on the board you know they you know they're just going to score and I'm, they're you know you, you might score some touchdowns against them they might give up some big plays but it's it's like you better you better be able to score forty or you're just not going to win. And I think that's kind of what's going to happen here. They'll pull away in the second half. I'll take OU too much. Twenty three sounds about right. I'll go OU. You know, forty eight twenty four. All right. Um, yeah, Patrick mentioned that he saw Illinois, uh, Nebraska play against Illinois. Uh, even more damning for Nebraska is I've seen Illinois play twice since then. <laughs> and yes, yes. They uh they uh they played that 10 a.m. game that kicks off now. You know, they're trying to get that 10 a.m. little hour ahead of the 11 a.m. kicks our time. So I got to watch about an hour uh uninterrupted of Illinois, Virginia. Man, they were just getting smoked. Uh so uh Nebraska and OU, it's fun robbery. Uh, I just remember being a little kid and uh I've got an uncle that went to OU, so but we always followed them um, when I was growing up. And so this game always means a lot. It's it's kind of sad that – trust me, Born Red knows this, and he doesn't think much of Oklahoma. And I'm not a big – I don't like Nebraska. But uh, it's just – you know, it's it's a little sad to see how far down they are and um, that this game doesn't have national importance as they renew the robbery for the first time in years. Um you know, and I think the worst – also a bad thing for Nebraska is Oklahoma's game with Tulane. <laughs> that kind of woke up Oklahoma. I don't think they're going to uh, pill around like that. Uh, and that got – you know, Lincoln Riley got their attention. And, you know, they blew a big lead in that game. I, and Oklahoma tends to get sloppy at times against teams they're way better than. So, maybe that happens, like Johnny says, for a half or so. But um, I like OU. Oh, I don't know if they get in the close. I like both y'all's numbers. I'll say 49 to 20, Oklahoma. All right. Um, some good – a couple of good intersectional games here. Uh, one, we're going out west. Um, I hope that uh, when I was – got back to that uh, house in Springdale after the 
um, big win. You know, you're still kind of amped up. And I had my couple of victory beers and enjoyed the Holy War. Utah at BYU. Uh, that looked like quite a scene in Provo. And BYU pulled off the upset uh, over Utah. Um, and they're back at home again against Arizona State. Uh, both teams are ranked. Arizona State, Herm Edwards somehow is still their coach after all that off-field stuff that was going on in the, the offseason. And uh, BYU is now uh, into the polls after they went over uh, – uh, Utah, and this is a late kick. Uh, since Arizona State's involved, we can call it Pac-12 after dark. I believe a 9:15 or 9:30 kick. So um, after the big games uh, we talk about here next, uh, this will be a fun one to tune into. So uh, control your uh, adult beverage intake accordingly. <laughs> pace yourself so uh, you can enjoy a little Pac-12 after dark. Uh, I'll start. I was impressed with BYU. Their running game was really good. I thought their defense played well. I do think Utah shot themselves in the foot uh, a few times, and um, that kind of prevented them from pulling that game out. But that's just a that's a wild rivalry, uh, you know. I I know Johnny and uh, Patrick are big college football fans and know all about the Utah BYU and the, the intenseness of that but you know for fans around the country it's a lot like Auburn Alabama as far as those fans in that state and that's a tough ass to get back up again if they were going to Arizona State I think this might be a but I think at least having their home crowd and the really late kick will help them but I still I don't see them being able to get that kind of energy and every two weeks in a row and I think Arizona State's defense will do enough and if they can avoid turnovers, I think Arizona State can pull this out. And I'm going to go Sun Devils. Um, ooh, I think it'll be a low-scoring game, a relatively low-scoring for college football. Uh, 20 to 16, Arizona State. Johnny? Really good points. I mean, great, great point about that Holy War and the come down from that rivalry games. Really good point. Uh, I think that's going to be to Arizona State's advantage, obviously. Arizona State's got some athletes, and uh, you know they've had a uh, you know a good a good defense, a lot of speed on defense. They're going to get after the quarterback a little bit. Um, you know they really relied on the run. They ran the ball effectively against Utah, and uh, you know I, I, I think they're going to have a little bit more trouble against Arizona State. They think a little bit more athleticism. I think they're going to cause some some problems. Maybe get after the quarterback a little bit. Uh, maybe get some turnovers. This is a picking game. I think the line's two and a half. Um, you know, that's basically, you know, home team gets a field goal, playing in Provo. Um, you know, that seems like a pick em game. I agree with Jimmy G. I think just that 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 dip in emotion, maybe they get up an early touchdown to, to, or two to, to, to Arizona State, and I think they just hold on in a really close dip and tuck game. Great Pac-12 after dark. This is going to be a great one just to, to end your night, you know, get the, get, a, get the kids to bed. Uh, pop, pop, pop open that victory beer, that natty light, and uh, enjoy some good Pac-12 football. I'm thinking the Sun Devils, the Fighting Herm Edwards, the uh, Satan's USB cable. Um, I'm going to take the Sun, <laughs> Sun Devils 30-26. Uh, uh, Patrick, it's, it's, you're going to be a double up to catch up? Double up to catch up. Home team, home right. team ranked home yeah. team. Well, of course I'm going to do it. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's way too playing? early this season, and we haven't, you know, we're we're 
firing at it right now anyway. It's just a weird game. I saw it pop up on my – so I was scrolling the early lines on my Glance Culver sports investing site. Oh. and uh, Thank you. Saw I don't this. think we mentioned. <laughs> saw it pop up, and I was like, this is weird. I mean, you know, put yourselves in BYU's position, or, you know, equate it with Arkansas. It's like what we had last week. We're going to have Texas at home, and then all of a sudden we're going to kind of wake up on Wednesday and, like, Wake Forest or Virginia Tech's coming in here to play us, you know, next weekend. And mm-hmm. we're like, what? Uh, uh, it's, just, it's not a rival. It's not a team that you see all the time. It's from a different conference. And so it would – I totally agree with both of you. It's going to be really hard for them to have that same intensity uh, this this coming week. It's just – it's a weird bounce back uh, week for them. But I think BYU gets it done. I mean, they were moving up and down the field on Utah. It was a, That was an exciting game to watch, especially after ours um, crowd was amped up. I think, you know, uh, they – they got nothing to do there other than be excited because they're they're getting to join a major conference next year or whatever. Texas know you leave and so BYU on the upswing, it seems like. Um I like the Cougars. Probably be a, a pretty low scoring game. I'm gonna do maybe a twenty three seventeen BYU. All right. Uh all right, so the game preceding that, uh, as far as time slot, uh, it's going to be uh, an interesting – and I do like the SEC's had some of these matchups. LSU going out to UCLA and playing a Pac-12 team. A&M going to Denver and playing Colorado. Uh, now we're going east. Uh, Auburn is going into Big Ten country, and they're going to Penn State, Happy Valley, uh, Primetime, Herbie, Fowler, uh, white out, white out, white out. Yeah, oh, white out. Be going on. No one likes a white out more than Jimmy G. So they do. They wow. do it well. Up whoa, there. whoa, that's a that's not true. Wow, that's not true at all. I thought um, you liked the white out. Well, that you you sounded but, like you had a little double me. Oh, little no, double no, entendre. No, 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 no. Okay. No. No, All right. we're just talking about Penn State fan experience wideouts. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, well, Get out they, of here with your job. critical race theory, Jimmy G. Come on. <laughs> hey, they, oh, whoa. Wow. wow. <laughs> First of all, there's no chance I can explain what that means. So, um, but let's get back on topic, please, for some, before I say something stupid. Um, well, I say something more stupid. Uh, <laughs> I, th- I think Penn State is one of the programs, like, I'm sure we were all laughing when Arkansas was the dropout last week because we've seen Arkansas's attempted, like, dress things. And it actually, for once, sort of worked out like it was supposed to. Yes. Uh, but Penn State, when they do when they do a wide out, they get it done. They do it right. You know, it's going to look magnificent on TV. Um, so they, they might, might tone down the white stripes just a tad. Um, but hey, you know, that's that's between them and uh Jack White. But uh it's gonna be a great atmosphere, it's gonna be a lot of fun and I, I can't wait to see it. You know, and like you mentioned BYU, Arizona State, Auburn and Penn State, what a cool matchup that is. So oh. um Patrick, we'll go right back to you. 
No, no, I'm sorry, Johnny. We'll let you start this time. I totally agree. It's a really cool matchup. Um, you know, two teams that, if they've played in recent memory, I don't remember that. Maybe in a bowl game, obviously, but uh, maybe like an Outback Bowl or something. I don't remember, but uh, you know, I think that's going to be a great atmosphere. Happy Valley. Uh, like y'all said, they just they, the whiteout is one of my favorite uh, little, little crowd gimmicks. Uh, you know, hundred thousand seat stadium. It's going to be rocking. I mean, SEC. I mean. You know, we all complain about the old conference, SEC, SEC thing. But, you know, I got a feeling Penn State's going to be – they're going to be jacked up. I mean, they got a, an SEC team coming in who's won a national title in the last 10 years. I mean, I, I think they're going to be really up for this game. How good hey, is they're, they're They're favored by five, I think. I haven't seen the line. That sounds that sounds well, pretty close. I, they're I would ranked probably, a lot higher than Auburn, aren't they? Yeah, I think yeah, they're, they're like they're number like ten. I think ten, and yeah. Auburn's like twenty-two. But um, mm-hmm. you know, I, how good's Auburn? Hell, I don't know. I mean, they they had two cupcakes. I mean, I think they put sixty and fifty on the board. I mean, but I I think I know they played Alabama State. I don't even remember who their first game was, but I I, I don't know anything about them. Well, no, I know a lot about Auburn. I see him play every year. But how good are they this year with a new coaching staff? Is Bo Nix any better? Hope probably not. Um, but you know, Penn State, we we had that we picked that that Wisconsin game, and uh, boy, I was wrong about that. I mean, Penn State just took care of business. Um, I'm going to go Penn State at home in a in a really good game. I, I'm not saying Auburn's terrible. I don't know. Think we know how good they are. I think Knicks will definitely still throw it to the other team and make a big mistake if you if you pressure him. Uh, but they can run the football too, and, and that's going to keep them in the football game. I think home field. I think having been tested uh, by a, by a Wisconsin team, I think that makes a difference. Great game. A great intersectional matchup. Love the Big Ten SEC stuff. That's, a, that's a teams we just don't see very often uh, in our conference, except for bowl games occasionally. I like Penn State at home. Final score, 31-27. Good game. Good matchup. Mm. Well, I hope that happens. Uh, Patrick? Uh, I'm going to zig. I'm going to Auburn. And for a reason, Johnny, I'm surprised you didn't mention, a lot of smoke on James Franklin to USC. I don't know if you saw the, the Twitters or the news stories today. He did not deny it when asked directly. Did not counteract it and even say anything like, no, I'm comfortable here at Penn State. I'll be here as long as they'll have me. Nothing. No, just didn't – just I'm not going to address that right now. Kind of, mm. you know, non, non-denial, denial. So maybe a little focus off of the the task at hand here. And, um, you know, ag- agree with Johnny. Don't know – what really Auburn has, but I do know Nix is a senior and I know that doesn't necessarily change his stripes. I mean, Dr. Bo Wallace at Old Miss was a senior and still was doing the same dumb crap he was doing the rest of the time. But um, I just got to think that at some point he's going to mature and he's going to make better decisions. I think Bo Nix is just a junior. It only seems uh, like he's been there. He yeah, he's still, like he's he has there he has more eligibility after this year. <laughs> so God, well, he also he also gets his COVID year, so he's actually like a technically a redshirt sophomore. So yeah, we could be getting Bo Nix for years. Oh, he could be there Lord. till we're he could be there till I'm getting social security. Ugh. Um. Anyway, I 
kind of a little bit against my better judgment because because of Nick's. But that's um, a good. That's a good. That's a that's a fair fair observation. Yeah, I like Auburn to to get it done up there, nip and tuck. I, I don't think they'll go in there and just blow them out. But I think I think it'll be a really really good game. And um, is there another Carlson kicking for Auburn? Surely there is. They're like the <laughs> whatever the family was at Tennessee. They just load one Colquitt, another Colquitts. Yeah, another Swede in there to groove 50-yard field goals at the gun, and I think that's what's going to happen. Auburn, 31, Penn State, 30. Uh, hi. Um, as the premier uh, or the top Bo Nix fan in this, on this podcast and probably in Arkansas, uh, I, everything about the Bo Nix experience is I'm all about it. That's, what I'm, that's the only reason I'm tuning into Auburn games. Um, because you never know. I mean, you could get three quarters with three picks, you know, run for two runs for four first downs, can't complete a pass. In the fourth quarter, he leads two touchdown drives, a precision pinpoint passing, or he can look great for three quarters. And in the fourth quarter, it's just complete disaster. And I mean, Arkansas saw it last year. The refs bailed him out, but that stupid throwing the ball into the ground backwards. I mean, you can't – What is, that's, that's only Bo Nix is going to try that. And so, um, I I enjoy it a lot, Auburn. In fact, if you want to get a little uh, sneak peek at Auburn, their uh, game with Alabama State's actually on the SEC network right now. Uh, oh. So, <laughs> turn that on at your own peril. Uh, but <laughs> I'm going to – I hope y'all are right. I hope it's 31-27 Penn State or 31-30 Auburn. I mean, that would be a lot of fun to see that. Um, I I have a feeling that Auburn's going to get rocked. Mm. Um, I I think they're going to go in there. Y'all make a good point. They haven't played anybody that uh, this game. They've got the Alabama State game. I think they played a MAC team in Week One. Um, I I may be wrong, but I think it was a MAC team. Uh, I I don't. Penn State's played Wisconsin in Madison. They've got. A game under their belt that was a really tough four quarter you know really that was a good game a lot of defense uh tough win i i think auburn's going to be a little shell shock and i honestly wouldn't be surprised if bo nick throws two pick sixes and <laughs> so and he might throw four touchdowns the other way too so i mean who knows it should be great but i'm going to say penn state gets the cover i think they um jump all over auburn early auburn gets their feet but it's probably too late. And I'm going to say Penn State uh, 27, Auburn 13. So, they, um, uh, Auburn, their first game was against Akron. Okay. Yeah, Akron's so, terrible. That, yep. <laughs> so, um, all right. Well, let's move to uh, the CBS game. Uh, it's good to have CBS back. Y'all can correct me if I'm wrong. Is this the last year of the CBS deal? the SEC? Good question. Because I, I think I, I know they're I saw it goes next year. Like, they go through next year, like 22. So, it's 2023. So it'll yeah. be when ESPN takes over. Yeah, because – and the reason I, I have that in my mind is I think I read a story of the SEC is trying to get OU in Texas in, in time to flip their new TV deal. Okay. So, that'd be 23. 
right. Well, we've got CBS again, which I mean, everyone loves the CBS 230 game. They do a great job putting it on. You kind of hate to see that going away, but since it's really all CBS does in college football, that it probably makes more sense to go to the ESPN as your top network. Um, but anyway, 2.30, they're back. It's first Saturday, I guess. Well, did they have a game last Saturday? I was so busy no, around the U of A no. campus. Okay. No, uh, um, so Alabama, Florida, obviously everyone knows Alabama's number one. Florida's number 11. Uh, but really not expected to contend for the East. Uh, they're not supposed to challenge Georgia. Uh, but this game in the swamp should be good. Um, let's see. I'll start. Uh, I, I think Florida can keep it close for a little bit. Um, you know, Bama's going on the road for the first time. But I also think that, uh, you know, Saban's, as Patrick mentioned earlier, Saban's really upset with them after that uh, lackluster win over Mercer. So uh, he's going to put the fear of God into them. And, uh, and they seem to, you know, it's just what Alabama does. They go into your place when you're hopped up and they just like, yeah, we're not, this doesn't phase us and it's not going to phase them. They play in so many big games that going to the swamp's not going to bother them. I think they'd be more phased if a fan base just decided, you know, it's Alabama week. We're not going to show up. Like, <laughs> like treat it like a, treat it like a pay game. Like, you know, we'll treat rice or Georgia Southern. Just put 25,000 show up, lots of empty seats. And Bama would be like, wait, what's going on? That would not phase But a hundred thousand in the swamp yelling and screaming. They're used to that. So I'm going to take Bama. Uh, Oh, goodness. I, now, they're, it may be a little more high scoring because I know Bama's banged up, especially in the linebackers spot. So, uh, Alabama, ooh, 52, Florida, 28. And, I, and I, I'd say it's not like – I'd say it's like 45 or whatever. Florida's got like 21 in the third quarter, and then they just pull away. Johnny, you know, you hit a really good point. You know, this, this opening kickoff or opening a, a SEC game on CBS, I, I did look it up. That deal starts in 2024. Uh, oh. with eight, it's a $3 billion deal with Disney and, and ABC and all their affiliates. Ooh. So that's $3 billion. Anyway, it's crazy. Um, but anyway, yeah, you're right, Jimmy G. This is the kind of game where Alabama just a total business walk in, you know, and just you can yell and scream all you want. We've been there before. I know we got a new quarterback. Bryce Jones looks looks sharp as a tack, and they just come and and, and just take care of business. Um, you know, Florida's re, they they it's kind of a rebuild. You know, they they they've got a lot of new faces. Uh, been relying on the run a bit more than than maybe you'd think with a Florida uh, fun and gun type attack. But, uh, well, that's not a recipe for success, even with some injured linebackers for Alabama. I, I think Alabama just goes and methodically just takes care of business. And, you know, like you said, Jimmy G, not phased by the crowd, not phased by, S, by you know, CBS 230 game. They just kind of go about their business. Workmanlike. Now, good point that, that uh, Pat William, Patrick Williams made earlier uh, about Franklin. Who else has been courted by USC? Dan Mullen. I've read some in, uh, reports that he might be their it's top target. Such a weird move, man. That's yeah, a... and apparently he is not. I don't know if he's been asked by about it publicly, like you say Franklin had, but 
Um, what I've read is that he is not very happy with the board of trustees in Florida um, for whatever reason. I don't know all those details. But um, anyway, maybe that's another little wrinkle. I think Bama just comes in and handles it. 45-21. Uh, Patrick, it's there again for you. Home team. <laughs> yeah. Right. Not, not double up to catch up. Not biting on that worm, man. Um, you know, just a, a note on the TV thing, maybe as part of the OU Texas deal, the we can, SEC can get the Longhorn Network and rebrand it to like SEC the Ocho or something like that. To, <laughs> <laughs> it just shows like the least, the worst game of the week, you know, every Missouri, <laughs> Missouri, every Missouri Bandy. Us, <laughs> hopefully, we're hopefully we'll Vandy, slide out of that range. Vandy, Missouri, you know, Kentucky, Missouri, State, South Carolina, <laughs> Tennessee, Vandy. Oh. Uh, I think Mississippi State's going to Memphis this week. That'd be a good candidate for SEC DO show. Um, anyway, I just yeah, but that'd be a Memphis home game. <laughs> That's so true. Memphis would have. Have the rights. The rights. That's true. And at the Memphis, whatever their massive TV, CBS Sports Network, is that their, yes. their network of choice? <laughs> um, I'm going to go Alabama here. You just – you can't. Uh, I had heard that it was at 13 and a half, which is somewhat intriguing if you want to play Florida in the points. But when I checked it, it, it had gone up to 15 and a half. So, two-point swing. And That's tonight, more intriguing. That's more uh, intriguing if you want Florida than 13 and a half. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's It just it starts to get redonk. I mean, I think the real question is, does Saban pull, pull off the gas? Does he start resting people? Because to Johnny's point, they're banged up. So if they get a sizable lead and go into the icebox, does he sit some people? Does he let do, – does Florida get a couple of late scores to make it a little more respectable? Probably the likely outcome. Um, 42-28 feels like the right number. All right. Um, real quick on the CBS Sports Network, if you ever just go down like it's the college football Saturday and you're just looking at all the TV games, ESPN does a good job, you know, with their schedule. Click on the schedule and it just shows all the game times, plus it has the network that's carrying it. If you didn't know anything, like if you were a huge college football fan like we are, even looking at the CBS Sports Network slated games, you're like, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> I'm not watching any of that. Because it's always they're heavy like, into the Mac. They're heavy into it's the It's always Mac. like, but it's you, not you, just Mac teams. Yeah, you'll get, but non conference games like Western Kentucky against Eastern Michigan. Like, what? <laughs> or uh, Louisiana Tech against, uh, you know, like, like Ball Utah. State. <laughs> yeah, it's like what? Who? Why is this on TV? Why is this like this should be on your phone somewhere on like the <laughs> Periscope? ESPN. I mean, it's like what is? Meanwhile, you know, like a couple of years, like when OU plays Army, you do have to periscope it. But here, at CBS Sports <laughs> Network, you can watch Eastern Michigan play UTEP or uh, <laughs> some crappy team from uh, like uh, Colorado State or one of those now, San Jose. Let- Later in the season, I do like me some uh, uh, Tuesday night fun belt and Wednesday night action. I, I have to admit, I do watch some of that stuff. That's, that's fair on a Tuesday and Wednesday <laughs> night. That's, that's totally fair. We all like to enjoy that, but they're a lot of rough. And Ross yeah, Tucker. You're, you're, you're right about the uh, 
San Jose State's and CBS Sportsnet oh, yes. staple, man. They're always on there. <laughs> New Mexico. It's uh, uh oh. so <laughs> it's all the dregs of FBS. Um, all right, it's time for uh, Arkansas. We got Georgia Southern coming to Fable. Um, I'm sure. Uh, I just gotta be honest. I don't listen to. You know, we're here. I don't listen to the show afterwards. I'm sure when uh, our host Patrick Williams uh, puts all the bells and whistles and sound effects and things in there, I'm sure every week the visiting team's fight song blares before. Uh, so <laughs> I'm sure when you're listening, those oh, waka, waka, probably, waka, waka. <laughs> right now you're listening to the Georgia Southern fight song um, as they inv- come into Fayetteville. Uh, Twenty. Two point spread, twenty three. Is that where we're at? I hadn't checked. Twenty two and a half. Twenty two and a half. Okay. All right. Um, well, I'll go first. Uh, I'm I'm going to take Arkansas to win. I don't think we cover. I think it's just a we slog it. I don't think it's ever in doubt. I, I just think we kind of slog through it. It's not going to be seventeen seven. We're behind like we were against Rice, but I think it could be like seventeen to seven. We're ahead at halftime, and then just kind of muddle around through the second half. So, uh, I want to take the Hogs uh, 37 to – what keep it inside the number? 37-17, Arkansas. Uh, Patrick? I totally agree with you, Jimmy G. I, I think that's a great blueprint. I think you will see Browse open it up a little bit more for KJ uh, in this game, see if we can get a little bit more passing yards, work on our passing game. Um, all prefaced on hopefully our ability to run with those. And it, it's something that, that bears stating. We didn't really talk about it in our analysis of either last week's game or this week's game. Those three running backs or, or multiple running backs um, behind Traylon Smith, uh, really, really, really a good development for the Hogs. So I'm looking forward to seeing those two, fresh, those, those two freshmen can Those two freshmen can really run. Rocket and they're really Virginia, fast. AJ Dominique, AJ, AJ Green, Green, and then Dominique. Dominique's, he's too. a bigger guy. He's like six one two thirty. Yeah, I, all those guys. I, I, I think they get a lot of work. Um, so Hogs, yeah, probably same scores. Rice thirty eight seventeen. Okay. Um, well, uh, Johnny, we're going to save our a new sponsor for the A&M game, Jerry okay. Wolf. So, uh, we're going back to a tried and true one that uh, they think once a year they make an appearance from your neck of the woods. Uh, it's Corsi's. They're Ooh. just outside Marshall. Uh, I think they've been a sponsor once before. Yeah, great, great uh, uh, cured meats. Um, <laughs> that's uh, all of the good stuff. So, you know, that'd be a Tom Logan's uh, special place to go. You know, oh. that's, that's right. Up, it's your neck of the woods as far as where you're uh, originally from, and it's, that's uh, right. it's Tom Logan. You know, like Tom, you can just see Tom walking through an old fashioned uh, meat house with all the salt on there and uh, scoutinfo.com. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, uh, in fact, in fact, that may be why Tom's not here. He may be inside Corsi's uh, curing room right now, just expecting the meats, uh, getting him a nice cut, uh, three or four pounds of bacon. So uh, hopefully. Hopefully a little fat Tom back, would, little fat back. Yeah, to go <laughs> yeah. uh, ooh, maybe even go get some pork belly. That's a nice cut meat there. So, uh, or really good flavor profile there. So I'm talking out my rear end right now. I'm not sure what I'm saying. 
Um, all right, Johnny, let's uh, take it away. Let's do Corsi's Proud. All of our fans, if you if you really need some good good bacon, summer sausage, uh, man, Corsi's has got it. They got the smoked ham, smoked turkey, smoked cheddar, smoked – I mean, just – I, mean, I, I, I go up there good. and just lo- – I load up on that stuff. My boys can t- take down two pounds of Corsi's bacon without, oh, bat- with, without batting an eye. So, anyway – uh, can't can't really expound on. That's why I'm harping on courses. Can't expound too much on what y'all said. I think you got it nailed. Uh, you know, I think it's kind of a rock fight for a little while. I, I mean, we're going to have a letdown. I, I just I don't. I, I think there's no way to avoid it. Um, you know, I know the staffs aware of it. I know they're going to try everything. But man, it's just these are kids. They just they're probably going to get a little bit of a big head. They're probably you know they they spin a lot just like the fans did. I think it's going to be a, a three o'clock kick. I think yeah. that's right. So I, I think the you know fans there's not going to be seventy five thousand people there. It's just going to be a little bit of a letdown. I think maybe we struggle a little bit early, we look a little lethargic, a little tired. But then you know, like you guys have said, we pick it up second half. You know, maybe we we're only up a touchdown at halftime. But I think that the the spread is right on. I think the over under is right on. You know, I think we're going to be right. I think the Rice score is very <laughs> right on. <laughs> I'm going to take the Hogs thirty eight seventeen. All right. Um, all right. There is a ton of interesting matchups. We've got a boatload of great sleeper game candidates out there. So, um, should be some interesting games and even some games that are sleeper games that could still have big national implications. So, there's some good matchups. So, let's, uh, who's got one? Let's step in. Wow. Nobody. Y'all usually, I usually go first. You guys go ahead. Yeah, I, that's I, was, I was kind of waiting because usually Johnny's sitting there like on his haunches going. There's well, oh, Jimmy oh, oh, I got one. <laughs> Jimmy G's right. There's a lot of good ones. There's a lot of good ones. Uh, Patrick, I'll go back. I, yeah, I'll, I'll jump in with the one that I was kind of interested in, which was uh, the Liberty Bowl playing a host to Mississippi Ooh, State. That's a good um, one. You mm-hmm. know, Memphis three and a half point dogs against a. Mississippi State team that frankly surprised me last week with what they did against uh, noted power NC State. So don't have a good read yet on uh, the Bulldogs, but uh, feel pretty good about Memphis at home. That is a tough place to go in there and win, as Ole Miss can attest. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and pick the Tigers to beat the SEC team as they semi regularly do. Um, kind of a nutty yucky dirty game as befitting memphis um it might think that 64 point under or over is is that's crazy. way high i think this thing's going to be like 1915 Ugh. <laughs> 19 to 15 well memphis oh, scored Lord. 55 memphis scored 55 against asu last week i saw that so i'm just remembering <laughs> when they didn't they beat Ole miss last year like 14 to 10 Something like I mean, that. Va- vaunted offensive power old miss. Said non-ironically. <laughs> <laughs> I've got uh, one. I, 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 okay. I'm going, I'm going kind of this is a this is a, a bit of a stretch, but uh, I, I like it. The line's good. You know, uh last week Notre Dame had a little scare there oh, going down that to, one. to the wire. And they got pretty they got Purdue coming into town and seven and, a half, seven and a half point favorites for the for the Golden Domers. 
Somebody might know something. I, I'm going to take Purdue. Purdue's got some explosive offensive weapons. I mean, if you had to see that Jack Cone is 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 popping his finger back into place. Maybe he's a little sore. Maybe a little dinged up. Uh, you know, Irish have come off two pretty you know taxing wins against Florida State. I hear they played last week. I wanted to say Acre Toledo. Toledo, Toledo, different, different. Yeah, dumb. Toledo's decent. Toledo's yeah. decent. Yeah. It'd have been uh, way more concerning had it been accurate. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I'm just, I'm going to take a flyer here. You know, Purdue's going to be up. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm just taking the Boilermakers, Choo Choo, uh, Boilermakers final score, 35 33. All right. Um, good. I, I'm going down to uh, the Orange Bowl or whatever. Yeah, they I was play wondering if you're going to. Let's I was not have this discussion about where they're playing. But I was hoping y'all wouldn't pick this. But Michigan State's going down that's there. A that's, that's, that's a good pick. Six-point dogs. I have not been impressed with Miami. I mean – That's a good pick. They they look – obviously, they got drubbed by Alabama. There's no shame in that, really, because a lot of teams will probably get drubbed by Alabama. But for a team that was ranked in the top 15 preseason, and then they played App State and – I know App State's a good mid-major, non-power power five team, but, you know, you think you kind of want to bounce back and get your season going. It just struggled, and they easily could have lost that game. Michigan State has looked better than people thought to start the year. Um, so, I don't know. I, I sh- There's some home teams that are getting points that I should probably go with. But I'm going with Sparty on the road um, over uh, Miami. Oh, goodness. Uh, 20 20- – Seven to twenty-three, Sparty, uh, and I'm sure Johnny. Uh, we're all we know, and Patrick. We've left some like Indiana getting four points at home against Cincinnati. There's a couple Cincinnati teams. There's a there's how a couple. How about a couple K State? K State points at home, getting points against, against Nevada. Nevada. Yeah, that's and K State looked pretty impressive against Stanford. Yes, what they do last yeah. week to get people off them. No, they, they won again. I think I don't. I don't know what it was, but I think they they didn't lose. Uh, well, and y'all know this, the one y'all know the one that's way out northwest that we're leaving off the board, not Arkansas State. The Palouse, the the Palouse against interim Cass, coach, Southern Southern USC. I, That was my second yeah. choice. That was my I second mean, choice. That one, we all left it. Uh, old Glory flying for the 958 straight week at College Game Day. Uh, with the Nick Rolovich Express, slightly <laughs> derailed, slightly is it, derailed. Is, <laughs> is it going to snow on the police this weekend? Let's hope so. Well, I mean, it's <laughs> mid-September. It's right in the middle of the snow season, so um, there's it, potential for it. Uh, and then, of it's course, just, I think – I mean, Vanderbilt getting points at home against Stanford. I mean, I know what Stanford did last week, but they're they're not good. Vanderbilt's not good either, but what about Oak State Boise? That's yeah, saw that too. One. That's interesting. Yeah, there's some and there's I think some good Patrick, games. Patrick started to mention it earlier, and I think uh, probably me talked about uh, the Virginia Tech West Virginia game. Another yes. one that was that was yeah. one other one I saw. I need like nine some, TVs. I'm gonna need yeah, nine there, TVs Saturday. There, I, this has got okay. Th- there's some there's some pretty big matchups. Um, you know, I think we're talking about next week. There's not a lot of big matchups. There's a couple big matchups this week. Of course, Auburn, Penn State. We've named a couple of them, but there is some really. It could be a wacky Saturday because some of these games are going to be. I mean, it's your good matchups, road dogs. 
I mean, some home dogs. It could be some some silliness this Saturday. We hadn't even well, talked about this one. Like Cincinnati going into Bloomington. Yeah, like I mean, they're they're only they're only dog. getting three and a half. Yeah, yeah, that's. I think that, and you know, it's a good point, Johnny. If the marquee matchup in a time slot, like say Oklahoma does, you know, run away from Nebraska, there's six or seven other games that are you, the depth of each. You're going to have a great game going on at some time. Yeah, at so every just, point of the day, you can just well. I mean, you can never predict this stuff, but if you look at these lines, you I mean this there there could be some some bizarreness going on on Saturday. It should be a good weekend to watch some football. Mm-hmm. And weird matchups too. Just yeah. Odd, yeah. odd teams facing each other. All right. Are we ready to move oh, on, but, Jimmy G? Yeah, Go real ahead. quick. Um, this is not college football, but uh y'all tell me if this is bad. I just uh flipped on the Arizona Los Angeles Dodgers game. They've got their records below their uh like score bug. And Arizona is a mere forty eight games behind first place. <laughs> They're 48 games out. Wow. I don't think that's good. I mean, I don't know. If, you don't see that very often. Like no. Games about 48. Wow. <laughs> you got you to play the season out, Jimmy G. It's still two weeks left. If, right? <laughs> Chad Moore's team has not been 48 games Oh, uh, it'll never get old. Back on Chad uh, no, so no, that's, it. It. that's all I got. <laughs> All right. Have they oh, restarted you, their winning streak after that? No, I don't know. Uh, Allen, I don't know. I know they lost two in a row. Which, oh, they did. Yeah, they lost whatever the game was that it broke the winning streak, and then I think they lost the next week too. Oh, Chad yeah, Morris kills oh, everything wow. he touches. So, well, thank you, Jimmy G. As always, good work. Um, Johnny, in the absence of Tom, did you have a chance to peruse the mailbag? I did have a chance. Per- did have a chance to peruse the mailbag? Let me uh, pull up the old mailbag here, the old feedback. The first one we got here is from our old buddy Jim. Glad to have us back. This year he is uh, up to date. He says, "Just uh, love to have football back," and he gives us some kudos for getting the uh, uh, pod back up and running. Looking forward to a hog season. So thanks, Jim. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it very much. Oh, as always. Got some more here. I have my mailbag in two different places here. Got another one from Jim. He said uh, on the discussion that was held about the history of the hog versus horns, he was a sophomore at the U of A uh, and sat at the 50-yard line in the 1969 game of the century. I thought I noticed him but sitting next to uh, Richard Nixon. Uh, but I couldn't be couldn't be sure. I think <laughs> those pretty good. Those oh, are we had better games. seats than President Nixon. Better seats than President Nixon. So yeah, I mean those those Texas games. I had to duck out when some of that conversation was taking place. But you know we've all got games. I you know I, I went to a couple games in Austin uh, growing up. Usually lost. I mean I, I, I'm gonna throw my two cents in on the, that rivalry real quick. You know, and we've talked about it off off air. But you know the the reason that uh, you know, the, the Arkansas has this hatred for Texas that, that even Greg McElroy was talking about in the broadcast is that, you know, for so many years, I mean, uh, all my life growing up, and even when, you know, it's 50s and 60s, you know, the, the winner of that game most often went to the Cotton Bowl in the modern, in the semi modern era. And let's be honest, Texas usually beat us. They were, you know, one of the blue bloods and we were kind of a scrappy team. And that's why, you know, it meant a lot, you know. Yeah, sometimes AM would be good. Sometimes Houston would be good. Sometimes Baylor would be good. But it was usually Arkansas and Texas, the winner goes Cotton Bowl. 
And it, they, they had our number for a long, long time. So that's just kind of the, 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 how that genesis of the hatred of Texas came up. I don't think they did a good job of really talking about that as to why uh, we, we don't like each other. So in the next one, uh, got our old buddy, uh, Kim. Uh, he's he, like most of us, he's still in shock. I thought we had a chance to win, but <laughs> like also like us didn't, uh, think it was going to go down like that. He made also uh, some comments about, uh, the numerous images of coach Sark looking lost and having this WTF look on his face from about <laughs> the mid second quarter on. Yeah. This is where I saw this earlier from mailbag. He also noticed in the fourth quarter, just the size difference between our O-line and their D-line. And just that was shocking to see a, a, a Texas team look kind of small compared to us. Also, he liked the, uh, the, the loved the play design on our first touchdown, thought it was beautiful. He, he uh, says it's a kind of a play that Army runs, counteraction play, you, you know, um, folks are over-pursuing to the fullback dive side. Anyway, he also makes some good comments. If you ever want to engage in some great schadenfreudes, check out some uh, – horns podcast check out some horns uh message boards they be struggling uh finally we got something from tracy <laughs> we got got something from tracy uh in tulsa we got another enjoyable show uh from old <laughs> razor pods ultra reliable stockton to malone big man on campus tandem of jimmy g and patrick williams you said you can decide who's stockton and who's the mailman because <laughs> both guys always deliver so he says you know, he, he's, he says he says a lot of good things about uh, that we mentioned on this uh, uh, call or this uh, podcast. Great to be two and zero in the Southwest Conference, uh, and then we go to, to go play A and M and another Southwest Conference game. He also uh, uh, says there's a, probably a problem with this game. There's a look ahead factor, and also wants to put out an APB on Trey Knox. I heard he was moving to tight end. Uh, really? Yes, because he just doesn't have the quickness to to be effective and get open and get off the line uh, as a wide receiver. Don't know if that's true. Uh, then finally, his question is, who would be the first offensive coordinator or head coach to diagnose and exploit our rush three, drop eight defensive look? Texas might have been able to rush with 300 against that team and said we were the team with 300 rushing yards. Fair question. You know, we've our linebackers are a little bit dinged up and had some suspensions. Uh, obviously, with all of them back, I think at full strength is going to make a big difference. So, uh, great, great questions. Question. Uh, that's the mailbag. Good. Thank you, Johnny. Uh, appreciate that. And good stuff from our loyal listeners. I mean, kind of amazing. The loyal listeners are still loyal. Um, so that's that's just great to hear. Um, moving on, um, rant time. Anybody got a rant or, or anything? It's kind of hard to rant after a game like that, but open the floor for either of you. I am in a really good mood, Good in a really good place right now. Just coming off beating Texas, I'm I'm excited about Razorback football again. It's just, I don't know. I, I'm a football fan, obviously, like we all are. But boy, when the Razorbacks are are, you know, giving me something to be positive about, I just seem to enjoy it all much more. I'm the anti rant. I'm the anti rant tonight. Anti rant. I'll, I'll kind of echo that. I I want to give a shout out to a group of individuals that that don't usually get much praise from Razorpod or college football in general. I thought Saturday night's game was incredibly well officiated. I thought that they let them play when they needed to. Wow. Hey, do you disagree? I mean, you know, they they looked at – I was just thinking – I was just thinking we're going to have one particular listener that is going to rant and rave and send probably multiple mailbags. Our good friend Uncle Rico – 
He's not going to like that one bit, you praising the officials. <laughs> well, it, truly, I mean, if you go back and look, they they got the call wrong on the punt drop or the, the muff punt that really could have screwed us up, reviewed it, got the right call, got the right call on the fumble, Ricard's arm. It, it clearly fell out going back, but his arm went forward and batted it. So it made it look like it was a forward pass. They got that right. The, you know, out of bounds stuff. There's a couple they could have called that were right on the line. They didn't. Rightly so, I think. I don't know. I just I thought that crew did a really good job. And I'm and not they, saying that because I'm an Arkansas fan. I just I think they, and they did also, do a good job. They weren't looking for targeting on every damn play. I, did y'all watch the, the old Miss game, the opening weekend, where it was like in the in the first quarter and a half, there were like five targeting calls. It was like, I mean, you can't call every helmet to helmet. You just can't. But but also Johnny didn't feel like there was a bunch where everyone was going ooh no you know no, like no, no, no. sometimes see what targeting you know where you're like oh god they at least but they didn't even stop and look at it I just yeah I thought the game uh-huh. game the players did a better job playing the game the way it's supposed to be played according to the rules the rest did a good job of understanding when mistakes happen not just automatically reaching for their flags and the best part. When the decibel meter came up on the jumbotron, you could set your watch. Texas was going to fall start. That's the best <laughs> part. <laughs> Jimmy G, you got anything? No, I'm with y'all. I'm in a good mood. Uh, not really much to rant about. Um, so uh, just a good time. I agree with a lot of the sentiments here. That it's nice to call it for Arkansas to not be, you know. A bottom feeder. Granted, we could probably still finish near the bottom half of the SEC, but hey, that just comes with playing the SEC. And uh, Johnny mentioned our schedule coming up, but you know that's a topic for another week. Yeah, enjoy this one. Yeah, it's just yeah. If you can't enjoy beating Texas yeah. for a week, yeah, I mean, just enjoy this one. It felt good. I mean, good Lord, we all deserved it. Absolutely. All right. Well, we will make a little more of an effort to get Tom's picks for the coming weeks so he doesn't fall so far <laughs> below the Mendoza line, but we're doing a good job of keeping him within touching distance um, with our bad picks. So. I don't know if he gets cell service inside the course he's a uh, curing room. Side of beef. Salt, salt pork. Whole hog in from the rafters. I don't know. <laughs> I have much of such <laughs> All right. Anybody got any uh no. final final thoughts? No. Damn country ham. She's <laughs> <laughs> still listing cured meats. As <laughs> I think we lost Jimmy G there at the end. He's Got so excited about his uh, salted <laughs> cured, cured meats. <laughs> it just it, the internet got gummed up much like his arteries. So, um, all right, with that, we'll uh, say goodnight on a, a banner week for Razor Pods. So thanks for joining us. Thanks to the crew, and we'll be talking to you again next week. Thanks for joining us.